This interview is brought to you by Standard Bank, your trusted partner for growth. The African Continental Free Trade Agreement is expected to be a huge economic game changer for the fortunes of the continent, boosting currently thin trade between African countries. Now the agreement's been signed by a significant number of African states, is there evidence of the will to actually make it happen? MoneyWeb editor Rick Kirk spoke to an expert at Standard Bank on the way forward in unlocking the continent's trade potential. The African Continental Free Trade Area came into effect in May this year. It aims to create a single continental market for goods and services with free movement of business people and investments. With about 1.2 billion people on the continent, it is set to be the largest free trade market in the world. With me is Kevin Holmes. He is Head of Trade and Product Management at Standard Bank. Kevin, thank you for joining me. The Africa Free Trade Agreement, it has been a long time coming. Uh, what is it in broad term? What is it all about? So in broad terms, it is to looking at goods and services having a free flow across the African continent. Um, so historically, we would look to international markets to have trade corridors. The intention here is to be able to move RP, i.e. individuals across borders, moving goods in a more transparent, efficient manner. But why is trade in Africa so low, or trade between African countries so low? So I think it's a combination of things. Right? I think one of them is really around the diversification of the, the, the market or the state or the, in the member states. Um, if you look at either West or East, um, countries are not going to trade with each other that trade the same goods. So I think that diversification or the lack thereof is instrumental in the lack of African trade across the continent. And I think if countries are able to diversify those sectors, you'll, you'll see a much better um, cross-pollination of African diversified goods. But we see a lot of talk in Africa. Uh, and do, do you think there's a political will for the actual implementation of this agreement? Absolutely. So if you, if you look just at taking the East as, a, as an example, you've already seen some really good work by the local regulators. Tanzania have recently, working with, with, with Zambia, have initiated a one-stop customs um, authority um, across the border. Um, so that's real indications of there's real intention there. In addition to that, I think the African unions, as well as the economic unions, have already started workshops both in South Africa as well as other parts of the continent that really distill and cascade the intention of those markets. I attended an African Union uh, conference in Cape Town a few weeks back, which was attended by 17 trade ministers. So the intention is, very, is crystal clear. The intention is there. I think the practicalities of how we unlock that opportunity is where really the hard work will start. And that's not just a government kind of uh, discussion. It's really around government working with the private sector to make sure that we can extract the full value there. So what needs to happen first for this agreement to be uh, implemented? I think we've got to a stage now where the ratifications are in place. So 22 member states have signed their ratification. It's in force as of May this year. I think what happens now is really around taking each of those government or the member states into their local regulators and looking at the tariffs, looking at the local content. So the biggest challenge I think all the markets have uh, is managing the content. So what does the original goods look like? So if it's 40%, 50%, 60% local content, that needs to be agreed first in, um, in my view. Um, once that is agreed by the individual states, then you can look at how we can look at the tariffs, where we can look at cross-border trade transactions, and then distill that into efficiencies in the customs border post to make the free transition of both goods and, and, and people, or RP, um, across these border posts. Does Africa have the necessary rail and road infrastructure 
to facilitate and accommodate increased trade? So the short answer is no. I think, I think if you look at the large majority of goods flowing across Africa is, is road transport, and 53% or north of 50% are unpaved roads in Africa. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done just in the infrastructure space to be able to make it more efficient. That said, I think the, the, the rail infrastructure needs a lot of work. So there's a lot of work being done through Mozambique um, and across the neighboring countries to create some efficiencies there. But I think there's a lot of work still needs to be done in the infrastructure across the member states to make that more efficient. That in itself must be a big opportunity. Absolutely. So I think if you, if you look at where we have come from the last five, ten years, we've always looked to the Chinese corridor to be able to look at their expertise coming into the continent to be able to build that infrastructure for us. There's an opportunity there for local Africans to take up that opportunity. And I think Africa has got a unique opportunity as a result of all of this happening. If you include Brexit, if you include the trade wars between the US um, and China, we have a unique opportunity as Africans to be able to take advantage of this opportunity. That was my colleague Greg van Kirk speaking to Kevin Holmes. He's the head of trade and project management at Standard Bank. This interview was brought to you by Standard Bank, your trusted partner for growth. Standard Bank is committed to driving growth on this continent we call home. As your trusted strategic partner, let Standard Bank connect you to Africa's opportunities.